good, everyone. Welcome into the chatter. A little Friday episode. Chuck and Houdini with you. A lot to talk about that's gone down in the last week and a lot to get into that's coming up this weekend. Polar Vortex? That's what we used to call it back in the day. I'm just going to call it terrible weather. Uh, simple as that. We got, I think, minus 30 wind chill in Kansas City last weekend for football games. Real time, minus 8 in Chicago. The coldest I've ever felt in my life. I don't think I've ever been in minus 8 temperatures. At least old enough to remember. I felt minus 8. Minus 8 was tough, baby. Uh, how were things in Cincinnati, the Queen City? How low did we get? I mean, it's cold. I think it was down to like six degrees, something like that, maybe at its peak. Uh, it was supposed to be colder all week, but it, I mean, it was still brutal. What? Just a, a side note. I, I don't know. I've never seen this. DeAndre Ayton missed the game last night. He um, plays for the Trailblazers. He missed the game due to inclement weather. I've never seen an NBA player miss the game. Like it was like icy driveway. Can't can't make it. He's going to be out tonight. I've never heard of that in my life. So yeah, apparently Portland's not too. We got any uh, you know Portland listeners, which I, I doubt. Uh, apparently it's tough out out west as well. So DeAndre eight missed an, an NBA game. He makes like thirty million a year. They didn't say just due to hazardous conditions either. At least in the article I saw, it literally said like due to an icy street. I'm like, is it just a little cul-de-sac we're talking about? Some ice on the driveway and you know a few hundred square yards of his street. Like, can he not? Can someone not pull him on a toboggan real quick, get him out of the street, and like figure it out where it's salted? Plus, wouldn't he live in a nice enough neighborhood, you'd think, with the contract he has, that they would have the salt trucks going through there? I mean, at this point, look, Houdini, the, the snow, the six inches of snow, the ice, we're experiencing it all in Chicago. But the snowplow man, you know, straight out of the movie Snow Days with, with a young, bigger Josh Peck. Snowplow Man is doing a good job right now because there's salt everywhere. My shoes are ruined. Uh, the floors of places look terrible right now, at least in Chicago. But uh, there hasn't been much snow on the streets. Um, Snowplow Man's done a good job. Apparently not in Aiton's neighborhood. DeAndre Aiton doesn't have to go to work, but Houdini and Chuck do. That's how dedicated we are to the craft. No days off. And then we get off work from our day jobs, and we immediately fire up the podcast machine, warm up our hands, as we talk about some um, very cold weather, but some hot sports to get into in just a second. One thing that I noticed, and I had never noticed the snow on top of the car thing. That had just never crossed my mind. You know, you talked about how you were driving your little uh, Camaro down the street. You had some snow on top of it. You parked at a gas station and someone said, hey, jackass, what are you doing with all that snow on top of your car? I experienced it. Not myself. But I was pulling out of an L.A. fitness, about to take a right turn. And on a road that was 35, a car just chugged 70 miles per hour down this road. I, I crap you not. It should be a 55. But this car is going like 70, so damn fast. And there is just two feet of snow on top of his car. I'm like, this guy's jamming on the brakes. Snow's going over the windshield. This guy's done. Very tough look. Definitely a jackass. So don't do that, guys. You have to pre-prepare. This guy was clearly a guy that, that got out of bed and acted like it was going to be a normal commute. He he was probably running late already, and then he saw, you know, eight inches of ice on his car and said, fuck it, I'm playing the odds today, fellas. We're getting on the freeway. I don't care. So, yeah, God bless that guy. Hopefully he, he got there safely. Ace Ventura out the window. Just remember, guys, you know, I don't recommend it, but if you have to, 
Ace Ventura out the window is still safe. It's cold, but it's safe. You can see everything as long as you know your uh, obliques, you can twist enough. You practice enough of those twists on the abs. Not a MySpace top five hardest workout, but you practice enough of those, and um, you can definitely call it safe. The cold showers, Houdini. I'm sure uh, you may have some family members that, that swear by the cold showers. You do the cold showers, you immediately gain 30 IQ points. You take a cold shower, next thing you know, you're an astronaut. Cold shower, six-pack overnight. You've seen it. Like, the cold shower is the big craze. If you are taking a cold shower right now, and I've done one here and there, I don't know why you'd ever do it. The, the negatives outweigh the benefits, in my opinion. It just starts your day off on a horrible note. But if you're doing the cold showers right now, when Houdini mentioned six, I mentioned minus eight, it's freezing in Texas. If you're doing the cold showers right now, you're a sociopath. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I, I've actually done. This is going to be shocking to people. I, I had a stint where I was doing cold showers. All right. And it sucked. How Every cold? time it Are sucked. Are we talking like freezing? Mm-mm. Well, the some thing is the, the water. Yeah. I mean, I was going as, as cold as it got. And it, it didn't actually get that cold. But it makes a miserable experience. So you're just you know, annihilating your body and you, you come out, you kind of feel like shit. I'm, I'm shivering. I think I have pneumonia, but I'm like, it's, it's, you know, it's for the mentals. You know, they say it drops anxiety. They say, you know, all this stuff, the testosterone boosts and blah, blah, blah. I actually ended up just being miserable doing it. Um, but you know, it's pretty funny. Cause like I would get in there and like my girlfriend would be in the room next door and she'd be like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? And, like she thought I was like giving birth there. Cause I just go, Oh, 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 oh boy. All right. All right. All right, all good. I do want to try. I honestly do. I've been looking to buy one just because it's like, you know, the Mark Wahlberg getting in the, the cold tub outside and that people claim like y- you'll like be the next, you know, Tim Cook if you take enough cold bass or whatever. I've yet to do it. I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try it at some point this year, 2024. I'm doing the cold tub thing. The cold That's plunge, whatever different, you want to call though. it. The cold tub's different. I'm on the train completely Why? with the cold tub. That's for the muscles. That's for the relaxation. has the same benefits and everything. But your head is out of the water, right? The cold shower, you're not even getting that much of your muscles. You know, At times, it's just directly going straight on your head. The reason you do it is because it shocks this, the nervous system, Chuck. I don't want to get all scientific on you. But either way, if it's in a tub or in the shower, it's going to shock the shit out of your nervous system. I don't know if that means it's good or your body saying, hey, hey, buddy, this sucks. Stop doing this. Okay, we don't need to do this every morning at 6 a.m. Okay, this is awful for me moving forward but yeah especially in this cold weather it's almost insane because even stepping out of the shower in the morning is brutal like you just get a a gust of wind in your own house with the you know the the state-of-the-art heating system that we all have now it's still a a battle bird bath that's why you do the bird bath when it gets cold enough when it gets under 10 degrees that's where you shampoo you wash the face. You you do it over the sink or not over the sink. You can, I guess, if you have a big enough sink. And if you do, congratulations. But most people, you know, in the bathtub, in the shower, whatever, you just run your head in there, wash your face. You're good. Throw some deodorant on. I don't advise it all the time. You, you were the kid. I'm just imagining you were the kid in grade school that would come back from like peewee football practice, like covered in mud. And your mom would be like, Charlie, 
go shower and you'd be like, all right, perfect. And you'd sit in there for 15 minutes, just laying on the floor and then throw your hair under the faucet and then come out with mud still all over. And she's like, did you get in the shower? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I did. There's still dirt all over you, Chuck. Get back in there and actually shower. You're completely wrong. I had a cousin that would do that quite a bit. You're completely wrong. Really? So you actually showered. Okay. Completely wrong. Shout out Matthew McConaughey, who someday we hope to get on the show. If someone has a tie with McConaughey, maybe our Texas segment in a minute will we'll get McConaughey linked to this show. But we love McConaughey. He's the man. He took a thing called Accutane. Chuck Walter took a thing called Accutane. And back in the day, Accutane, you know, your skin would be all dry, whatever. You had to have a very precise, you know, cleansing method. You know, you were fighting the elements, man. You were pizza face. You had pepperonis everywhere. You looked like you looked like a snappy tomato. People were calling you snappy, hey, snappy tomato. It was devastating. Anyways, I took long showers. I was very clean. Hygiene was great. You know, the benzoyl peroxide, the, the sea breeze, the everything. Anyway, pre-Accutane. I was in the shower one time for like 15 minutes, and this is a daily occurrence. I had a bench in there, and I had a little radio and would listen to Kiss 107 in the mornings. My dad one time went up there. He said, get out now. Get out now. You've been in there for 15 minutes. You're 10 minutes late to school. Your ride already left without you. He took me down to Over the Rhine in Cincinnati, and this is before all the yuppies got down there. This is before Tim Klauke, um, you know, before he went to farm life, was, was living with Houdini down in OTR. Anyways, he takes me down there and says, is this where you want to be? And at the time, you know, it was, you know, people on the side of the road with um, malt liquor at, at 930 in the morning. He said, you keep taking those showers. Oh, yeah. This is where you're going to be. This is where you're going to be, son, if you keep doing that. Um, I did not end you up there. should have been taking cold showers. Yeah. No, I should have taken the cold showers. But anyways, I, um, I weave that one in there to say I do practice good hygiene, everyone. But every once in a while, the bird bath, it's a, it's a solid play. So you're telling me every morning you fight the elements. Well, no, dude, I don't know if you've noticed this. I don't have any hair, so I don't. I, it doesn't matter. I can. I shower at night mainly. There's there's times where I get up and I have to shower, but I, I'll shower right before I go to bed. And due to, I mean, back in the day, you'd have the greasy hair look if you did that. Now, I mean, the the beauty of being bald, brother, is I'm head? not worried about that. What about a greasy head? I wash. What if, what if people oh, I wash my face. You're dumb. I do a full face wash the whole nine, okay? I'm looking spick and span coming in there. I got no bedhead, okay, because the good Lord took that that opportunity away from me. Um, and I just go to work, man. Next topic. And then real quick, Chuck, just to get, just to get you know, take this back to Cincinnati. Do you see now the Reds after the, the Lions won their first playoff game in whatever, 30 years? The Reds are now, the, I, what, what do you want to, how do you say that? The they haven't won a playoff the longest series. Losing streak? Yes, the longest losing streak in the, the playoffs. Drought. So they have not won in God knows how long. So we are now number one. And I, I'm assuming, based on what they're doing, we'll let the Chatterbox Reds guys handle the, the analytics there. But I, every time I see that they sign a guy that I've never heard of, I just go to Chatterbox Reds and see what like Kirby has to say about it. And I'm like, that's a good, that's a good signing. I love that a lot. I like that guy in right field. I, his slash numbers are nice. Um, but I, I think that we're going to get off the skid here soon, the the Cincinnati Reds. I think we're going to win a playoff series, if not this year, the next year for sure. That kind of stuns me. Longest drought in the playoffs. I'm trying to think, like, what about the, the Minnesota Wolves? When's the last time? They, I guess KG, 90s, late 90s? Okay, early 2000s? Yeah, they might have. The, the thing is, it doesn't necessarily mean they were a great team. They, they won 
the first round the NBA gets more than half of the teams in the playoffs. Yeah. So they could have had a 500 record in one of first round series um, and been very, very average. So it doesn't, it, it's kind of difficult to not win a playoff series for this long. It's almost impossible to do. And the Reds have um, been very successful at that. Uh, we've had very good teams and just can't win. I mean, I remember being in the dorms at, at OU. We were up 2-0 against the, the Pirates and we were drinking uh, 40 ounce Cobras. Uh, we thought our, our lot. Oh, it was the Giants. You're right. <laughs> Next year, I tried to block it out then of my they memory. Broke our heart. Yeah. Yes. And then the Pirates beat it. Yeah. So it's been a long time coming. I honestly, just statistically, we have to win a series soon. So what let's book it for the, at least in the next two years, we're going to get off that skit on the train with closing down the bar 10 years ago. Everyone's on the train. At least everyone that likes to wake up the next morning feeling like a complete piece of garbage and uh, a worthless failure to society, which teases ahead our MySpace top five most disrespectful names to call someone um, a failure. That could that's an honorable mention right there. Failure's tough, but that's how you feel after closing down the bars. Once you start getting into your thirties, they can be fun. On the train with them. I want to go in between on and off the train. I'm hanging on the train. Okay. I'm, I'm on the side of the rail, just kind of just going for a short ride. That's oh. what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm hopping on just for dear life. And then I'm getting off as soon so as I can. So it's not a turbulent ride. Because it's, the train's not going quick and you're hanging on by a thread. You know, you're still cruising. Right. I'm one of like the hitchhikers that, that hops on a, a, a train just to get to the next location. Right. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's here. Why not hop on and get to the destination? I'm going to a little quicker because closing down the bar is an art. It really is an art at our age. We're 30 years old. You it's not for the faint of heart to get to, to close down a bar. You can't do it every weekend. It's not, it's not like our heyday back in Athens, Ohio, where you're shutting down the bar every time. Right. You have to do this and you have to be very decisive about when you utilize this approach. And you have to, you, the key is Chuck, you got to get some waters in you. If you're going to be closing down the bar at some point. And I know that's very hard to do because you think you're Superman. Once you had, you know, seven, you know, gin and tonics, you're like, I, I'm invincible. Nothing could stop me. And then you leave the bar at two 30 in the morning and you wake up and feel like you got hit by a semi truck. So I think that the key is to do this few and far between, but every now and again, I think you gotta go have some fun and, and actually shut the bar down. I haven't done it in a minute. I think the better, if you, if you really want to keep drinking, is to leave around 12 or so and then have a couple nightcaps back at the house, right? Like an adult. So you got to utilize the Irish goodbye. You know how important the Irish goodbye is. Pre-game, absolutely. 11.30, midnight, go to the bar, have that first drink. Feel the vibe. Feel the vibe. I got no issues. No issues with walking into the bar and seeing what we're working with. But once that first, second person makes note to everyone, like, hey, we're going to head to this other bar. It's like we just walked into this bar. We specifically Ubered this bar. It's minus eight outside, and you're immediately going to walk to another one. That's Irish goodbye material. I already have the gin and tonic in my hand. Guess what? I'll take a sip. I'll throw it right in the garbage can. It's out the door into an Uber. I feel great in the morning. I still have my fun. Everyone else, you know how they're feeling? 4.30 in the morning, they're looking at each other cross-eyed. Like, what the hell am I still doing with you? It's time to go to bed. And at that point, it's too late. You know, the sun's already out. The pancakes that you just ate went straight to the hips. 
No. The Irish goodbye do not close down the bar except for special occasions. I'm not hanging on by any means. So I, I think your analogy was actually perfect. I'll hop on here and there. When I got to go to the next destination, if it's there, sure, I'll hop on. But yeah, absolutely. I don't have a ticket. I'm off the train with that. I think, Chuck, the, the biggest for all the listeners, what you want to avoid at all costs, especially at this age, is when some people, like I said, they're feeling like Superman. Bar closes, right? There's that one guy that goes, you know what? How about we head back to my place? I live down the road. And you go, eh, you know what? I feel pretty good. You head over to this place after after hours. There is a guy playing like Crash Bandicoot. He can't even see straight. There's some dude like on Molly blaring Skrillex. And there's like four dudes in there smoking indoor cigarettes. And you go, what? why am I here? What did I? What have I done? And you ruin your entire week. So that's something that we want to avoid, guys. No after hours at this age. It is, it's, it's done. It, the show, the curtains have closed for us. No after hours are going on anymore, okay? That requires this. After hours, a once great part of our lives. Today on The Chatter, they're over. We enjoyed them. They've seen their day. They gave us so much joy. But after hours, they're done. Simple as that. Um, and, yeah, I'll hop on the train every once in a while with closing down the bar. But typically, um, completely off. It's now time for the Real News Network with Chuck and four-time Emmy winner and former blimp pilot Houdini. Today on the news. A man who accidentally set his house on fire by cooking a steak in his toaster is unsatisfied with the insurance payout. Plus, an exploding Dunkin' Donuts toilet leads to a Florida lawsuit, and a black bear is chased from a crawl space with a paintball gun. That's all coming up right now on The Real News Network. Okay, so a man put a toaster in his kitchen, which a lot of people do, and then put a steak into it, which not many people do at all. Throws a ribeye into his toaster, left his house for whatever reason. He's like, I'm going to put a steak in my toaster, and then I'm going to run to Ace Hardware and get some turf for the backyard. What are you doing, Bob? He comes home. His house is burnt down. He loses everything. I'm sorry about that part. He gets $418,000 cooking the steak in the toaster. You know, I know someone that cooked the salmon in a dishwasher. Swore by it. But I've never heard the steak in the toaster. He gets $418,000 from it for his home insurance. So this guy's pissed off. He only gets $418,000. He thinks he should get more. I don't know why. Must have been living in a nice house. If you're living in a 500 k plus house and you're cooking steak in a toaster, give me your job. I want to know what you're doing, buddy. Must have bought into GameStop very early. Anyways. The, um, I guess the lawyer, the, the judge, the, the mortgage dude, I don't know, whoever was quoted in the story, said cooking steak in a toaster is literally a recipe for disaster. To have then left the house and the toaster unattended for the sake of hot chips, so he actually went and bought hot chips, must be considered a constant source of regret. Never, never leave cooking unattended, even when you think it'll just be a, for a minute. And please use your appliances for the purpose for which they were designed. Toasters are for toast. They're also for Pop-Tarts, 
toaster strudels, bagels, English muffins, for a lot of things. Not steak. Is this going to be one of those things where they're now going to have to put on every box of toasters not meant for ribeye, not meant for steaks? Do not put steaks in this. Man. I. You, you you hit the nail on the head though that so this guy was pissed he didn't, he didn't get more than 418 uh 418,000 cuz apparently his house is worth more than that and he was cooking steaks in the toaster what the hell does this guy do clearly he's a more i mean the more i look at it the dumber people are the more money that they have somehow this guy had like a nine bedroom mansion and he's putting fucking sirloin in his toaster okay and this is one of those that I think I'd be too ashamed to call the insurance company. They'd be like, okay, like, so what, what'd you do? And he'd be like, well, it was a steak. They're like, oh, you left it uh, in the cast iron a little bit and went and did laundry and it caught on fire. Well, no, it's uh, something. They're like, what, what, what happened? They're like, I put it in the toaster. And they're like, sure. Well, how old are you? He's like, oh, I'm 52. He's like, Jesus, what is wrong with you? What the hell is like, I'd be too embarrassed to even submit the claim. I just say, fuck it. We lost everything. I'm not telling, you know, the insurance company that I put a, a, a ribeye in the toaster. So, it, I mean, hey, he got 418000 I would have thought the insurance company would have had like negligence or like just somewhere in the fine print. Like if you're a dumbass, we don't pay. And this guy is exactly that. So all things said and done, man, this guy came out pretty well. 420K for being a jackass. Not too bad. And he's going after more. From Orlando, a customer has filed a negligence lawsuit against Dunkin' Donuts claiming he was injured by an exploding toilet at one of the coffee chain's locations in Central Florida. So this guy, Paul, is seeking more than 100000 um, claiming he suffered severe and long-term injuries following an explosion of a toilet in the men's room of a Duncan in Winter Park, Florida. Um, after the explosion, Paul was covered in human feces, urine, and debris. He walked out of the men's room seeking help from workers and the store manager. An employee told him they were aware of the problem with the toilet since there had been previous incidents, um, but did not go into further details about the explosion. His attorney said that he suffered bodily injury and has required mental health care and counseling since the incident in January 2022. I mean, man, that's, uh, let's start off with the fact that Dunkin' Donuts had an exploding toilet. Have you heard of this before? I have not. I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but did this guy not just, just have one of the most intense shits of all time? and blew the fuck out of the entire toilet in the restaurant and comes out like, I, that's a lawsuit folks. Like I'm covered in shit. What, what the hell happened here? Your toilets are malfunctioning. It's like, no brother, you had uh, six Dorito Locos tacos before you came here. Okay. Like they're, they're probably investigating to see what he ate prior. Um, and it's the truth will come out at some point, but yeah, this is <laughs> again, I think that I would be, if I walked out of Dunkin' Donuts bathroom covered in shit, I don't think I'd be talking to the manager. I'd sprint home. I'd go home, take a shower. My girlfriend would be like, "What? what's going on? I'd say, nothing. Nothing happened. Just got a regular bacon, egg, and cheese at Dunkin'. Nothing serious. And I'd be, you know, scarred for life, but I'd never say a word about it. I'd keep that to myself forever. Yeah, well, it made national news. It's literally on the AP. Um, I mean, poor guy. Only got... He's, he's, he's seeking $100,000. He hasn't even got it yet. He's seeking $100,000. Meanwhile, the toaster guy 
is sitting on 410 complaining. This guy just wants six figures. He's like, for God's sakes, your toilet just exploded. I came here for a blueberry muffin and walked out of here covered in human feces. Like, Christ, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, I'd be seeking treatment too. I'd be struggling after that. And I know that on this show. How do you ever go on the toilet? The PTSD that you would have, like every toilet I got on. Ever again, I'd be like, "Oh, this thing's this thing's gonna blow! Like this thing is gonna blow up on my ass again!" Like I'd I'd have to like, like I'd I'd be doing one of those like squatting shits where like I'm doing like a wall sit almost. I would never touch the toilet like for eternity. So like I this guy deserves more than 100k if this is real. In Austin, Texas, a man chased a squatting black bear from a crawl space with a paintball gun. If you learn anything from the chatter today, it's this. Real quote. If it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. If it's white, good night. That's the way to remember what you do when you encounter a bear. Brown, lay down. Black, fight back. White, good night. It was a black bear. It was in Lake Tahoe. You fight back. That's what you do. So the guy, his name is Toogie. Toogie had an issue. The black bear was in his crawl space. So he went in there with a paintball gun. And this ties in the MySpace top five best Christmas presents. Worst, rather. Worst Christmas present, number two for me, was a pack of paintballs for a paintball gun. Apparently, it's a great present in Tahoe because it may have saved this man as the black bear went running after he shot him with paintballs in Tahoe. For no reason should this guy went in a, like, he was on the offensive. I actually didn't read the article. I'm just going off what you just said. That he went in and decided that I'm going to shoot this bear out with a paintball gun. In a dark crawl space. Dude, you're well, I mean, it should have been an Uzi if this guy was actually going to try to confront a bear, okay? Unless you're John Wick, just a PSA, unless you're John Wick, just stay in your house and, and call animal control or something. Don't try to fist fight. Don't – the paintball gun, I mean, that, that was probably like a pinch to this bear. Like, that's nothing. You, you better have, like, some serious firepower if you're trying to shoot a bear off your property. I mean, it, kudos to this guy, though. What would you say his name was? Like, judo or something what, what was it yeah. judd sugu sugu shout out to sugu man because i guarantee no, you a guy named brent Tugi. his name's Tugi. Tugi. yeah a guy named like brad was certainly not going to do this Tugi is the only guy on earth that was gonna was gonna pick up this fight and i guess he won so you got to give props to our boy Tugi. all right let's talk about the best conference in basketball history right now the big 12 is that a fair statement Best conference in basketball history. I'm gonna just gonna be a prisoner of the moment and say absolutely. Yes, it is. And UC is gonna be fighting for a Big 12 championship. Okay. Let's I'm not gonna be too biased here, but the, I mean, there is I don't remember the last time a conference had zero gimmies. I mean, we got West Virginia and Oklahoma State. I, I still don't necessarily think those are gimmies by any stretch. Uh West Virginia just knocks somebody off. Oklahoma State looks looks pretty shitty, so that might actually be a gimme. Um, the, the funny thing about a conference like this, and I love being a part of it is they did w very well out of conference to start uh, conference play. So now every time you lose, it really doesn't matter. It's never going to be a bad loss. You only have upside. So these teams can just beat the shit out of each other. You can go damn near below 500 in the conference and still get a freaking nine seed in the tournament. So I just love it. We don't have the the American conference where, you know, you lose to Tulane and you're just Fresh. fucked. It's a quad four loss. 
So it's all upside, and we'll see. And it sucks because a lot of times in March Madness, you'll get 10 teams in and eight of them are out in like the first round. And everyone's like, well, that team, that, that conference sucked. And that's not really the case. March Madness is a different animal. Um, but I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of it, man. It's been a long time coming for UC. Um, feels like the old Big East days, except even, you know, better play, honestly. Kansas 3-1 and one in the conference right now. Baylor's 3-1. and one. In the uh, Big Twelve Conference, Texas Tech three and one, Kansas State three and one, Houston's two and two, Oklahoma's two and two, BYU's two and two, TCU two and two, Cincinnati two and two, Iowa State two and two, UCF two and two. Then there's a bottom tier right now, and in that bottom tier is Texas, who's one and three, but Texas beat Cincinnati, and they were good enough in the non-conference slate to where they're you know at worst, a fringe tournament team or a pretty good NIT team. At worst, they're 1-3, and three. West Virginia's 1-3, and three, and Oklahoma State is the only winless team at 0-4. But uh, guess what? They were 8-5 and five in the non-conference slate, so better than a lot of teams in other conferences, and it wasn't a horrible non-conference slate. So uh, really ridiculous right now. The Texas Longhorns sitting in the cellar and Rodney Terry's not happy about it. UCF celebrating with the uh, the horns down. The only time UCF may be able to do that because Texas moves to the SEC. But congratulations, UCF, not known as a basketball school whatsoever. They look good, 2-2 two and two right now in the Big 12, and they have Rodney Terry losing his mind. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line. I'm proud to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down we don't do that you know because when you do those kind of things it looks very classless and it also looks like you were just hoping to win we never go into games trying to hope to win we go into games expecting to win so we don't act like that you know we expect to win we don't jump up and down like like we won a national championship we sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way we don't do that you know so that's what i was angry about and I was letting those guys know you don't do that, you know. You guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you, but we're not gonna let you act that way in our building. You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna put your horns down and do all that nonsense. My overall take, Rodney Terry, shut the hell up. All they're doing is doing the horns down, and these guys consider themselves, you know, like the alphas of the alphas, the the, the top tier athletes in the world. You know, we're we're men out here. And a small hand gesture of horns down, they lose it. I, I've never seen Sarkeesian did the same thing at Texas. They can't handle the horns down. Like, they lose their minds. And it, it reminds me of, like, when Coach K was going at uh, Dylan Brooks saying, listen, like, after they lost to Oregon, he's like, let's get, get it over here. You're better than that. You don't, he's like, you don't celebrate like that, okay? Like, dude, shut up. Who are you? You're like a 50-year-old man telling these 20-year-olds they can't do horns down. Like, it's like some sacrilegious thing to do. How about you win the game, Rodney? Like, win the game and it won't happen. Now, if I'm a team playing Texas, I'm all I'm doing is horns down. In the warm-ups, going into the game, during the game, horns down, after the game. I'm doing Instagram posts. I'm sending DMs to the players' girlfriends, just horn, horn down emojis. That's what I'm doing. I mean, it, it's amazing how upset these guys can get. You want to talk about being a snowflake, like the the popular terminology on the internet? That That's about as snowflake as it gets, man. Grow up, Rodney. Yeah. It's the analogy you made 
like for me, the apples. I told you on the the episode with Frank Michael Smith, my fear of apples. And back in the day, I let the, the grade schoolers, you know, know about my fear of apples. And because I let them know that, they were putting apples in my hoodie at lunch to where I'd put the hoodie up and, ah, the apple would be all over me, you know, that they'd bite into. Oh, just disgusting, sick Neanderthals out there. Guess what? It's never happened to me as an adult because I've never told anyone. So now I'm telling the entire internet. I'm still terrified of apples. Don't throw an apple at me. Um, but that's the analogy. And Rodney Terry just basically said, hey, if you want to fluster us and get me frustrated to where I may get a technical, just give me horns down all game long. Because the refs aren't going to call it. It's a horns down. Who cares? Rick Patino is pretty pissed off himself. His, I agree with a little bit more than um, our guy Rodney Terry. Take a listen to Rick Patino. He went to Iona and said, matter of fact, I'm ending my career at Iona. He's like, this is where I want to be. I'm an Iona Gale for life. First opportunity he gets, St. John's, not even like a power in the last 30-something years. He goes to St. John's, and he's just like, well, Iona, uh, see ya. He's kind of full of shit. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, His speech, what were your thoughts from that? Well, first off, the, the second a coach uh, to his caliber, really any coach that says that I'm going to be, you know, X, Y, and Z coach for life, start preparing for the next coach, start doing interviews. They're going to be gone in seconds. They're packing their bags the second they say that. Um, and I know it's kind of part of the the shtick. They have to kind of claim they're staying there for recruiting purposes, but it's, it's all a joke. The second they have an opportunity that's bigger, they take it. Um, so whatever, no, no fault to that. But I, I love this quote from Rick Pitino. Because we have a, you know, shout out our, our buddy Threes. He's a diehard Louisville fan. And if you guys know what's going on uh, down in Louisville, Kenny Payne is absolute ass. And he says after they lose, he's like, listen, it's not about wins and losses. You know, I'm trying to prepare these young men for like bigger things than basketball. No, to go coach grade school combo, dude. Okay. We're, we're trying to get W's. Okay. So seeing Rick Pitino. They literally, I, who did they lose to? I, I can't even remember Creighton. who it was. It was like, they lost to Creighton, and he's like, yeah, I want to kill myself. I'll be honest with you. I, I literally want to kill, he's like, and he doubles down. He's he's like, not only does he want to kill himself, he wants to do it in the most excruciating way possible. He's like, I want to go out sub-zero weather and freeze to death. Take a cold shower, Rick. Could, Take a cold shower. It always comes full yeah. circle. Because he's like, because we couldn't hit our free throws, so I want to go into Antarctica and die a miserable death. He's like, that's how much I care about wins and losses. I'm like, you know what? Maybe a little too far, Rick, but I appreciate the fire that you have for winning basketball games. We need a little bit more of that. Maybe, you know, maybe don't threaten suicide after every loss because God knows everyone in Cincinnati would be dead by now if we were doing that shit. Um, But, hey, I, I appreciate the quote from our boy Rick. You know, he goes he goes all in, whether it's at an Italian restaurant or they lose to Creighton. He is all in. All right, it's the MySpace Top 5 today. It's a quick hitter. Most disrespectful names you can call someone. I'll start. Kind of show you the lay of the land. We talked about it earlier. Um, the word pathetic. That's a, uh, that's a tough one to be called. I'm going to go with number five. Creep. 
it should honestly be lower, but I'll take it oh. off the board. Being called a creep is, is tough. You know, that guy, he's just, he's creepy. He's creepy, dude. You know, there's, there's no good way to say it. Like sometimes you can call someone a clown. And it's like, yeah, but he's a good clown. You know, he's funny. He's the life of the party. Hey, he's, he's a clown, man. This guy's a clown. He's a good dude. Um, creep. Yeah. This guy's a creep, man. Let's bring him to the party. He's a creep. No, that one doesn't work. Number five creep. Yeah, I will say some of the the most the things that sting the most are, are insults that there's no real good comeback for. Even if you're not a creep, you can't really you can't be like, well, I'm I'm not I'm not creepy. It's like, well, you, you sound like a creep right now, brother. So you're kind of screwed. If somebody calls you a creep, you're screwed. That's a that's a great pick. Um, I'll say number five. You're not that guy. And now we saw probably the viral clip where that guy was like, you're not that guy, pal. It's very versatile. You can use it in almost any scenario. Um, and it really humbles people quickly if you just say you're not that guy. So I'll go with that number five. Um, piggybacking off that number four, you've changed. You've changed is a tough one. You know, if <laughs> someone says that and they're in a, in a serious way, you know, you've, you've changed, man. You've changed. That's when it's time to cut the ties. You know, it's no, you've changed. You kind of suck. You kind of suck. Uh, you've changed is a tough one. Number four. It means you got to sever. Those are good. Those, those cut. I, I like where you're going with this. Um, I'm going to say weirdo. Weirdo is, it's brutal. It's brutal. Especially chicks really hate the weirdo. If you call a chick a weirdo, it it ruins their, their month, their year. So you got to use it sparingly, but weirdo can cut deep. Number three, Farquad. That's a tough one. You call someone Farquaad, it's it's a clear just jab at it Shrek, right? It's a small dude that, that's super rich that thinks he's, you know, entitled to everything. Farquaad. Like that guy, he's a complete Farquaad. There aren't many Farquads out there, but everyone knows one Farquad. Um, that's a tough word to be called. Farquad. Yeah. Shout out to the short kings. I mean, that's quite literally a short king. Farquad, that's a tough one to get called if you're like under five seven. Brutal, really. Um, I will go with, you already said this one, but I, I still think it plays, I guess, number three, clown. Just being called a clown in any aspect. I know you said sometimes it could be good. It's never good. And, you know, you send them a, a gif of, uh, you know, the Joker putting on the makeup in the mirror, and it's like so-and-so going to work in the morning, and they're, they're getting their face paint on, being a clown. Clown, number three. Uh, number two, just because there's not a there's not a good way to spin it, you can spin the clown. So I think two, tool. You get called a tool, there's there's no coming back from it. You know, you can't spin it around. Number two, tool. Tool. Love it. Um, I will say child. If you're saying you're being a you're being a child, you're acting like a child. You're acting like an adolescent right now. It, uh, yeah, again, another versatile one stuns people a little bit. They're a little shocked that they were called the 12 year old when they're, you know, 30 years old. It can be brutal. So, child, I'll go with number two. Number one, disgrace to humanity. If that guy is, look, see that guy over there? That guy's a disgrace to humanity. That's tough. And sometimes you could say it as hyperbole, you know, just exaggerating like, oh, my God, he's had 15 cocktails tonight. He's acting like a jackass to the Uber driver. You're being a disgrace to humanity, you know, but it's um, if you're calling it in the literal sense, telling someone, hey, you're a disgrace to humanity. Um, that one's tough. Yeah, that might be the. 
that might be the worst thing you can be called a disgrace to humanity just by existing. Um, so mine's going to sound very, very, uh, you know, not consequential compared to a disgrace. I'll give humanity. you five, 10 seconds this, to think up something. No, no, this one, I still think it plays and it's a tough one to come back from. And it's, it's been used for centuries. I like to think dork. You're a dork ass. That's what you are. You always have been. You're just a dork, and it is what it is. It's not a problem, but you're a dork ass. That can be it, – is it one? Probably not, but, you know, we're we're sitting at the bottom of the list, and it was the only one I had left. We're going with dork. I think it still plays. All right. Houdini, it's been a pleasure. You dork! This is the chatter. Chuck and Houdini, you got a final word for the folks tonight. Uh, Friday show, weekend ahead. Warmer weather for most of the folks out there. Finish with something good for the people. Have a great weekend, Oklahoma Cats at uh, one o'clock. Be there. It's gonna. It's sold out. It's gonna be fantastic. Uh, let's get a W and have a great weekend, folks. Hold on. I had something that now I have to little add to the show with a little bit of music. It'll be a quick segment. But you're going Big J this weekend at the Oklahoma game. I got Houdini some credentials for Chatterbox Sports for the rest of the season. And uh, he's already asking me, like, where do I get the uh, the media pass? I'm like, you got to go to media, we'll call you, jackass. He's like, how am I supposed to know that? I'm like, oh, he's going to be in there riding on the elevator in a full Bearcats uniform. I think he's going to wear the headband, too, and do the live report from the Fifth Third Arena floor after an upset win over Oklahoma. And the Cats will enter the top 25, and Chatterbox Bearcats will have a great show. You excited? I, I am. I, I'm learning a lot about how, you know, the, the media section works. You can't booze there. Just for anybody that wants to know, you can't booze in the media section. Me and Mo Egg are going to be buddy-buddy all game. Uh, I, I'm thinking about bringing a notepad just to look like I'm supposed to be there and just jot down just, like, straight gibberish. Like, oh, yeah, that's a nice play. Perfect. Like, okay, all right. And then, like, maybe a Bluetooth and just act like I'm always talking to somebody. Like, yeah, yeah no, absolutely, absolutely. We'll do the show. We'll do the – yep, yep, we got, we got Newman after the – yep. And just do shit like that to look important. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm I'm very excited. It's uh it'll be interesting. Big J Houdini, and that is a Saturday. It's a 1 p.m. game Eastern time, so you got the entire night to celebrate after. But yeah, Houdini will be on the floor live for the post game, hoping he has good enough internet. But that's Chatterbox Bearcats audio podcast as well. Download it wherever you get your audio podcast. Once again, we're ending this time. This is The Chatter with Chuck and Houdini. Have a great night.